Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I am your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern day alchemist, and on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand, and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week, we have thought leaders, change instigators, and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive, and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love, and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning connection and resilience into your life and your business. As a way to thank our guests for their time, energy and wisdom, we would love to demonstrate our appreciation, gratitude and admiration. We would love to hear from you. What was your key takeout from today's session? By writing a review in Apple Podcasts with our guest's name and insight. And when you do, please make sure to take a photo and send your photo to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will send you a personalized cosmic blueprint for free. It's a report based on your unique birth chart to discover your true calling and how you can best make a difference in the world. Thank you. This week, as always, we have a super, super amazing guest for you. We have the beautiful Miranda McPherson. Miranda has been guiding others into direct experience of the sacred for 30 years. In her 20s, she founded the One Spirit Interfaith Foundation in London, where she trained and ordained over 600 ministers and counsellors. Today, Miranda leads the Living Grace Global Sangha in Northern Carolina, leads retreats internationally, serves as core faculty at the Shift Network and advisor to the Association for Spiritual Integrity. Her books include The Way of Grace, The Transforming Power of Ego Relaxation, Boundless Love and Meditations of Boundless Love. Miranda is also a Kitan musician with a mantra album, The Heart of Being unapologetically feminine, joyful and down to earth in her way of being. Miranda is dedicated to loving people all the way back into the freedom and wholeness of our true nature. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. So today we have another special guest for you. We've got the beautiful Miranda McPherson. Welcome to the I Am Project. Thank you, Catherine. It's good to be here with you. I almost got tongue twisted because we were just talking about your name and I was almost (laughs) pronouncing it incorrectly after talking about how to pronounce your surname. So for our listeners, we were just having a bit of a, uh, a chat for um, uh, Miranda was just explaining how um, she was originally from Australia, is that correct? And then went mm-hmm. to the UK and now is in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. I'm a hybrid person by this point. Yes. Oh, well, and, you can, and I was explaining that you've got a slight English accent, slight, slight. Yes, it trips a lot of people up. But, mm. uh, Love it. 
Love it. So Miranda, the way that we love to start the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to share her unique story. So Miranda, tell us what inspired you to do what you do today? Well, I think like many people, I always had this inner knowing that there was a lot more to life than what was presented when I was a child. Like, you know, get good grades, go find a career be successful at it, get married, have kids and live your life. I always knew like there's something missing from this. And I always used to feel things I didn't have a name for. And so, you know, as a teenager, when I kind of went through a bit of a difficult time and, you know, through being bullied at school and it kind of really sort of set me on an inner journey. I was depressed for a while and I I had a, a big opening spiritually and I kind of got connected to this sense of boundless love that didn't have a beginning or a middle or an end. It was really the foundation of who I was and who everyone really was. And I really understood as a teenager that the the really important thing in life was to remove the barriers to who and what we really are and learn to live from this depth of love in our life. And so I started to study spiritually whatever I could get my hands on at the time. And mostly that was Eastern mysticism and later it was psychology and other truth teachings. But I, once you start sort of biting into something that you've always known intuitively and there it is on the page, you start coming alive and that's what happened for me. And so once I started to really get a taste for what I'd always felt Um, it just became my life. And I found there was so much joy in helping other people to get in touch with their spiritual nature and to unwind patterns of suffering and to learn to live, you know, from their deeper being and apply that kind of perennial wisdom to their life situation. Um, It's not only it helped me heal from so many difficulties and fears and insecurities and defenses that everybody has, but there's just nothing more fulfilling and rewarding than seeing other people blossom before my eyes too. And so it's just my life purpose and my joy to bring forth teachings and practices um, that really help people come to know who they really are and live from that depth, become more graceful human beings. I love the way, you, the way that you say become uh, more graceful human beings. When you were talking about boundless love, I had mm. a I had a vision of standing in your truth. And when you really stand in your truth, because I see truth and love very much in, interconnected because mm-hmm. when you are in your truth, it's like I just got that vision when you said boundless love. Yeah. It, 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 do you see the connection between? The, oh, totally. Yeah. A big part of my teachings is learning to love the truth. Because at the deepest level, love and truth aren't two things. And so when we get in touch with what's really true inside, it's it's inevitably fulfilling. It's inevitably the same as love. And it helps us to be true and us being true, not just honest, but really authentic and real with ourselves, is what liberates love in our relationships, right? So... You know, love and truth aren't two things. They're really part of the the depth of our human heart, and we can only really be happy where we're in, where we we're in touch with what's true. And loving what's true helps us live our life in a real, fulfilling, and authentic way, and brings forth our noble qualities and our goodness, 
as well as our courage. Mm, I love that. And the um, one thing, of course, we're going to do is unpack your book, The Way of Grace. So talk us through uh, what is grace first? Well, great. Good question. I um, I really love this word grace. It's such an inspirational word, a word that I think kind of points to something that we can feel more easily than we can actually label or define conceptually. Like we feel like the divine presence here amidst us when maybe that we've been at the privilege of being at the birth of someone or the death of someone. And it's obvious in those moments when the veils are thin that all of our kind of ego posturing and trying to be good enough and our fears and our worries, none of that really matters. You know, what really matters is, you know, just being deeply present in life with openness to be lived and learn and love as much as we can. (laughs) You know, that's obvious in those moments of birth and death, as it's obvious when maybe we have a, a near brush with danger on the freeway, you know, and we escape without a scratch, you know, and we say there, but for the grace of God, go I, wow. You know, as if we feel something has shepherded us from harm and we're okay. You know, so grace is more than a beautiful state that, you know, makes us feel happy and grateful. We really see at the deepest level, there's four dimensions to it. It's the foundation of everything, really. It's what causes us all to be here. It's what causes the trees and the plants and the beauty of nature and everything and everyone. You know, it's also the things that somehow find our way into our life as synchronicity, as gifts, as things we need as, you know, drawing us towards the people that we fall in love with (laughs) and our best friends and the circumstances that help us to thrive. It's also that presence that ultimately transforms us, you know, invites us to look at things and helps us open to, to become freer and deeper and more loving and more real. And ultimately grace is a verb. It's a way of being. It's something that we become. We become more graceful. And I think that's really what our world needs. It needs more of us to become more grounded, more true, more loving, more in touch with what's real, you know, more forgiving and, you know, wise so that we can be responsive rather than reactive in our daily lives. Mm. So what? So I'm I'm hearing um, the foundations of grace. So you talked about um, mm. the gifts and nature and the presence of transforming and way of being. Mm. What would be if somebody was to say, Miranda? What would be my top three things that I need to do to live the way of grace? What would you? How would you respond to that? Okay, first thing is learn how to stay present in your body and feel everything while doing nothing. I know that sounds like, what? What's she saying here? But most of the time, we're in our thoughts about our experience. We're not actually present. We're relating to life through our thoughts and opinions and memories. We're relating to life through our ego structure. So we need to learn how to let that melt a bit. So the first thing is to just come into the present moment, and the easiest way is through our direct, immediate, sensed experience, just feeling our feet on the ground, feeling our body on the chair, feeling the breath coming in and out, just being here now. From that basis, to just let ourselves feel what we feel. 
without right, wrong, good, bad, without trying to fix it or figure out or make a difference. Just be there. And then, you know, do nothing. Don't try and rearrange your experience. So what that actually does is it melts your defenses and it actually opens you into the receptive condition where grace emerges, insights arrive, clarity arrives. You see things differently. So that's the first thing. Feel everything, stay present, feel everything, do nothing. And then the second thing I would say is to learn to trust. Trust is so important in order to, you know, live a good life, but also to deepen spiritually. And we all learn to mistrust based on, you know, difficult things that have happened to us and usually stuff that happened in our childhood, wounds of love mostly, you know, and so we contract and we learn to mistrust. But if we just be compassionate with our mistrust and come to understand it, but consider what's holding us now and in every moment and take in the holding of the earth, take in the holding of the oxygen that arrives with every breath. Learn to trust and look for evidence for the fundamental goodness that's underlying all of existence. It helps us a great deal to have courage and to be open to change and transformation, and it deals with fear. That'd be my second thing, learn to trust. And then my third principle would be befriend I don't know. So in order to expand and unfold, we have to take that humble attitude of beginner's mind. And that's not just a concept. It means we have to be humble enough to admit what we don't know and to go into shame about that. And so that allows us, if we can relax and be open to I don't know in situations in our life, that really is the truth, where we don't know the way. We don't know what to say. We won't know what to do. If we don't panic about that, but we relax into that I don't know space, then all of a sudden we're in openness. We're in receptivity. The way, whatever the true way forward is, can more easily find us. And we don't have to go through a shame attack because of it. So it helps us become exponentially an open system, more graceful, more responsive, and to keep learning and growing with all that life brings. Mm, there's a real lightness. I don't know if it's your tone of voice or the way that you're describing it, but I feel like I'm floating right now because grace is this real sense of lightness. I'm trying to think who it was, but it was a, one, of a, um, uh, one of my teachers a long, long time ago said, uh, something about grace that it means that all and I'm, I, w I won't do it justice because I don't I'm sure mm -hmm. she she did a better job than I'm what I'm about to do but it was um, something about grace meant that all of our mistakes now serve as a purpose and not serve mm -hmm. as shame beautiful yeah well it grace transforms our suffering into wisdom you know and so in a way that's what happens when we learn how to stay present and feel everything and trust and befriend i don't know then everything we've gone through in life the good the bad the ugly the beautiful all of it can get um integrated and as things become integrated in our body of experience they birth wisdom 
And that wisdom is life-giving, is supportive. It helps us to be deeper and wiser. Um, it's a beautiful thing. And I love that as a principle. And I, I know it very much within my own experience, and I see it in others that I work with too. And that helps us to remember that, you know, whatever we might have gone through, even the really difficult things, none of it is is wasted, you know. None of it has to be bad or wrong. All of it can serve. It's like the earth can compost our human waste and our, the things that we don't need. It composts it and it turns it into nutrition for the soil that allows more life to propagate itself. That's the natural way. It's mm, so true. I always say that uh, you can either look at your timeline and look at your experiences and allow them to define you and be a victim of them or you can turn around and I always look at them and say, that I am the woman that I am today because of those experiences. Mm-hmm. And that is how mm-hmm. I've integrated it and transformed yeah. its meaning uh, with grace. Yeah. That's right, exactly. Mm. And so, you know, right there in what you've just said, there's the principle of befriending I don't know because you're not taking a position that's wrong, that's bad, I messed up there. You know, you're not taking that position. You're taking the position of, okay, you know, this is all part of the body of my life experience. You're refusing to shame yourself, right? Um, you're just allowing that beginner's mind to, you know, to allow for new growth. It's beautiful. Mm, it is, absolutely. Now, you mentioned ego. Let's let's uh, unpack that one. What mm-hmm. is ego? Oh, that's a big conversation. <laughs> it is a big conversation. I mean, I mean, it depends who you're talking to. But basically what I'm defining ego is, is our sense of being a separate somebody. Our sense of, it's really ego is our personality structure, right? And what I'm saying and what all spiritual teachings of depth ultimately saying is that you're not your personality. You're not your conditioning. You're not your body. You know, who you really are is deeper, more primordial than all of that. You have a personality, but it's not who you are. And so you're not your ego structure. You're not your sense of insecurity. You're not your fear. You're not your mistakes. You're not your self-image either. You're not your PR. And in this day and age, you know, where there's so much attention on Facebook and PR and how we present ourselves, we can easily get lost in that. And I think it's a, a trap. You know, I mean, I'm a woman who's just past menopause in her 50s. And, you know, of course, at that age, you know, things are changing in one's body and appearance. And so it's it's a much easier experience when you're not so identified with being with your looks as who you are. When you know you're deeper, then you can allow for change and rock it, you know. Mm. I'll be upset by it. I can hear you loud and clear, Miranda. I'm the same. But I mm-hmm. think, you know, I think you, as you, uh, I'm not into, I mean, I, I always say so, social media is the black hole. Everyone knows that and they've heard me say it a million times, I'm sure, by now. But um, I I think that it's um, it's the the meaning that you give whatever situation, even when, when you look at your own body, okay, you could mm-hmm. you could appreciate and be grateful that it's taken you right the, absolutely this, this long and and healthy and and it doesn't really matter what you look like. I mean, everything goes south anyway. So I think as yeah. soon as you accept that, it's it's not such a big deal. Well, I know that this is a saying, you know, that real beauty is inner, but I have this beautiful book of a female saint in India, and I I picked up 
some of her writings. It was a saint called Sri Ananda Mayimar. She happened to be just always a very physically beautiful woman. But this is this gorgeous book of all these pictures of her from when she was like a teenager to when she was like a few days before she died. And so you see her parallel with all these profound, wise things she said. And she is exquisitely beautiful in every age and stage of life. And you see so clearly that the real beauty is the essence and that it shines through whether the form has wrinkles and saggy bits and gray hair or whether it's taut and tight as it is, you know, when we're younger. And um, it's a it's a powerful thing. And I, I think for women, um, I think it's a very powerful thing for us to help one another to really remember that being graceful, which means really being in touch with what's real and true and living from that depth of yourself is what makes you beautiful. It makes you a beautiful human being. And, um, you know, and it's a gift to everyone else too. Mm, yeah, I always say beauty comes from the heart, comes from within and then it mm-hmm. oozes out of you. And it doesn't Absolutely. matter how much plastic surgery and all these yeah. things that young women do um, yep. that it's not going to fix up that with a little broken heart, if that makes sense. Oh, you know? Well, what's communicated, what's mm. radiated mm. often from those people. And I know women who are my own age have done too much. And I feel sad when I'm when I see them because what I see isn't beauty. What I see is neurosis and fear and insecurity. Um, and that's not to say that women shouldn't, you know, do a few things if they want to. I'm, I don't take that position, but I am encouraging people to, you know, be as you are. And, you know, there's something incredibly beautiful about truth and authenticity that can't, that nothing else can replace. Mm, yeah. So I want to go back to the ego because I know you do a mm-hmm. thing. It's called ego relaxation. That's right. You so bet. I would love to know how to do that. What okay. is ego relaxation? <laughs> well, ego relaxation is really just learning to relax all the stuff that you're normally doing that's keeping you anxious and stressed and in fear. So remember that I defined ego as identifying with your sense of separation and your personality, right? And relating to life through that structure, which is what most people's, that's all they know. So spiritual work is always about deconstructing, you know, the identification with your ego as what you are fundamentally. And so really what we're talking about is learning how to unwind fear, the need to control everything, the need to push yourself in some way, the need to kind of hold on to defenses. So ego relaxation is how we become more graceful and deal with all those human features of fear and control and judgment and shame, the stuff that we all need a bit of help to get get past and to live more deeply into our spiritual nature. So it really comes back to what I said, one of my three gems you know, really the essence of ego relaxation is learn to be present, learn to feel, go towards whatever your direct experience is in this moment and allow it unconditionally. So I often give people a question and this induces the state of ego relaxation. You ready? What's it like if you open, soften and allow your experience to be exactly as it is? So if you just take a breath and just let that question in, I'll say it again. 
What's it like if you open, soften, and allow your direct experience to be exactly as it is? You'll notice that that question, if you just sit with it, meditate on that question, it kind of nudges you into this natural state of unconditional being, just being here with just openness, acceptance, not fighting with the world or reality, not trying to rearrange anything or even yourself. And so you notice that you start settling into a natural great peace. And the deeper you go with this, the more you realize that that peace is your nature, that love is your nature. You don't have to become it. It, it is just what's there in the depth. And so there's a lot to this, but we learn to apply that kind of way of being, learning to relax our ego. And especially as we become more clear with how our ego works, you know, some people's ego has a lot more anxiety in it than others. You know, I know many people I work with have suffered a great deal from panic attacks or anxiety, or they tend to get scared when things change. You know, my own ego has had a lot more shame. I've had to deal with a lot more shame-based stuff, you know. And other people have a lot more anger to deal with, a lot more judgment. You know, we're all unique. So as we get to know and understand our ego structure, then we learn how to apply ego relaxation to the specific features of it. And of course, it's a nuanced and in-depth process, and that's very much what I take the reader through in my book, The Way of Grace, in which there are practices in every all of the 16 chapters that include you know, great inquiry questions to meditate or journal into and great meditation practices. And by the way, there's also a full audiobook version of that. And we're so fabulous. They let me record the whole thing from beginning to ending. Um, so it's quite a treat if you're the kind of person that likes audiobooks. And you've got the perfect voice for it. May I say? Well, I'm a trained radio announcer. I was going to say, yeah. you must, you, I've got, I was, I, I promise you, I was just thinking, you've either been on television or radio. I you've have. You've got that I voice. Have. Yes. Well, uh, it's funny because um, many years ago when I left school, I went to what was then called the Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts. And I was one of the first batch of students to do a new program, which was called Media Performance. So I spent a couple of years training to be a TV and radio announcer. And um, I got uh, employment in Tasmania. I was, I read the, I was the weather girl on Tas TV for a little while and did a little bit of news reading. But it was very clear early on that, you know, what I was really interested in was to be using those broadcasting and communication skills to, you know, to teach this kind of work. So that's what I've been doing. But he's really yeah. cool. That's very yeah. cool. And what a transformation going or a transition from, uh, you know, um, yes, I know. reports to what you <laughs> do now. Really funny. So what, yeah, but it's, what it's fascinating. That? The flow of grace, talking yeah. about it as is the mystery of grace that unfolds our life path. When I look back now, I mean, because it looked when I was in my early 20s, like, oh, okay, that was a mistake. I wasn't supposed to do that. Leave it all behind. But here we are now in this YouTube age where the way that we're sharing important conversations like the one you and I are having right now 
is through, you know, audio and video material. And I have no problem looking into a dot on my computer and knowing I'm having a one-to-one conversation with another human soul, right? Like right now, you and I haven't physically met. We're on different sides of the world. We're having an intimate conversation. And there are going to be hopefully thousands of other women hearing this and hopefully resonating and finding it meaningful. Isn't that a beautiful thing? It sure is. And the training that I had has allowed me to just feel very free and intimate and natural and and appreciate what that can do. You're not afraid of it. No. And I, I really believe that when everything has a purpose, it's not till I, oh, I say yeah. this to my son all the time. It's not till when you when you find yourself in a situation and you go, Is this really what I want to do? And it's okay not to know what you want to do. You know, I don't think exactly. I really worked it out till I was in my thirties. Uh could you or, possibly know when you're that young? Yeah. Well, he's only what, twenty seven. It'll be twenty seven right. right. So it's a he's baby. Yeah. And but the the thing is, when I look back at my timeline, everything served its purpose. Like today, for what I do, I now know I had they all played a part. Right. Um, as to so that's part of yes. the ground I call the ground of grace. Yes. Is that it's this foundational kind of mystery and intelligence that is unfolding everything with such precision. And when you look, just what you're saying, you reflect on your life path and how nothing was ever a mistake, really. Everything, there was something you had to learn by doing that, that was an important part of the jigsaw puzzle that is leading up to why you're really here and what you're able to do as you get a bit older. And you just have to look out the window. Like right now I'm looking out the window. I'm looking at nature. And it's like, you know, nature is just continually unfolding itself with such harmony and precision, it's it's astonishing. And it really helps us when we can stay close to that. It helps us to trust the unfolding of our life, even in this time of COVID. You know, I don't know how, how it is in Melbourne. I've been hearing that, you know, that's the part of Australia that's had some of the biggest struggles with COVID. But certainly here in California, oh, my goodness, it's been quite a year. And yet there have been so many silver linings and important changes that have just happened that uh, needed to happen, mm. you know? Oh, I think lots of silver linings, uh, and yeah, and you're right about what uh, Melbourne was tough. But, I mean, I think I think a lot of us have, have become really awake uh, in this level mm-hmm. of this self-awareness. I just want to go back to what you were saying with the, the, ho- the you know, with our life, the way that you explained the grace part. And I think that Mm. this is something that I think is really important for us to understand. And it could be as simple as using this word, be graceful with whatever's taking place. Like this, when you were saying about open and soften and allow, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I just feel that sometimes we don't do that. We contract and we hang on and we do completely the opposite. That's the default of ego. Yeah. That's the ego's MO. Hold on, lock down, try harder push, defend, Mm. right? And that's all ego knows how to do is ego is layers and layers of contraction and defensiveness, all to try to offset the difficulty or the stress of, you know, feeling separate, not knowing what to do, right? Losing touch with your essential depth and true nature, which is part of the human condition. And so this beautiful learning to soften, open, allow your experience to unfold itself it just helps relax that tendency 
and that allows you just to be here in a more open way and it makes you more receptive to the unfolding of grace that is always trying to move you in an optimizing direction that's its nature it's always trying to move you in the direction of what's truly for the best and sometimes you don't know what's truly for the best because you don't have all the pieces of information um, we usually see in retrospect, oh, that really was grace that it happened like that. It didn't feel like that at the time. doesn't yeah. feel like grace when your husband's leaving you or your child's sick or mm. you've just lost your job or really difficult things are happening. It doesn't feel like grace. It feels like a very personal punch in the gut and as things are going <laughs> But usually in retrospect, we see, ah, oh, that was all part of a bigger plan. And so if we can just trust, if we can just learn to open, soften, allow, we can befriend the mystery, it helps us to flow with the deeper unfolding, the deeper intelligence. And I think that takes a lot of faith as well. Well, yeah, that's a big part of what trust helps us with. But you see, our ego has its version of faith. Our ego has faith that there's no goodness to relax into you're all on your own you've got to try harder and struggle more and if you don't do that things are going to go to shit (laughs) it's like we all have these beliefs ego always has these beliefs based on how difficulties in the past and how what we concluded from those difficulties when it seemed like what we needed wasn't available to us and we had to somehow muddle through and so you know, we need to be aware of those ego default positions and know what is it like if I just soften, open, allow my direct experience? What's it like if I just stay here and feel everything and do nothing for a few minutes? What if I let that happen first rather than just contracting and trying harder? And when, when I do that, I'm a very visual person, obviously, because I keep mm-hmm. talking about I get visions. So I, I had a, a, vi- a visual of letting go. It's mm-hmm, like, you know, that's right. What, it, and almost like if you feel contracted, you could almost just say, what is it that I need to let go of yeah. to, to find grace? Yeah. To but at the deepest level, if you just, what's it like if I open, soften and allow this experience exactly as it is, you'll find letting go just happens. You don't have to try to let go. It just takes place. That's true. Right. So in a way, if you're visual, the, the visual that I give for ego relaxation is if you imagine how um, a hard block of ice, like maybe up in the high mountains, I don't know whether it goes in, well, it does snow in Victoria, right? So, you know, if you think of like ice pack, then in the spring sunshine, it's the warmth of the sun that melts that ice just by touching it with that warmth, not by insisting that it did go away. It just touches it. And so when we just open, soften, allow our experience, we're greeting it with that unconditional kindness that is what we most need to just let go, to just trust, to just be present, you know, to not push so hard. And that actually initiates a transformational process so ego relaxation is like just letting the warmth of the sun touch the hardness in us the parts where we're dense or fixed in the past or opaque and as that warmth like touches the ice it transforms it returns back to its original substance which is clear fluid life-giving water 
that hydrates everything it touches. Mm. So the, the more we become present and opening and softening and allowing that experience, we become not only peaceful, calmer, happier, more in touch with what's real and true inside of ourselves, more naturally compassionate and forgiving, but also clearer and stronger. We, we also, our way of being has a positive effect on others around us. You know, so many people I meet who don't know anything about me, like often when I'm sitting on an airplane or something, you know, we just get into a conversation with a stranger. You know, they often say, oh, I feel so calm around you. <laughs> you know, they don't know what I do. Um, but what they're feeling is my way of being. And so we're all affecting everyone all the time, Absolutely. whether we're intending to. Or, and the, the real issue is do we, we want to be giving off a beautiful fragrance or a bad smell? Mm. That's well put. I love that. <laughs> It was a very straight. It's a very Australian way of putting it. I can say this to you. Yeah, it is, but it's so great. It's amazing. It's amazing. So, Miranda, I'm curious. So, throughout your experience living the way of grace, what's one? What's been one of your greatest lessons learned thus far? Well, just to stop often, you know, because, like, I I feel very grateful. I have a lot of access to spiritual teachings, and this is my life, right? But I'm also just an ordinary woman, you know, I run a business and, you know, I deal with a lot of people who are in a lot of difficult situations and sometimes it gets like, wow, there's a bit too much flying through my inbox and is reasonable. So what I've learned is the moment I notice any tension or stress or, oh gosh, you know, overwhelm or anything like that, I just stop. I just stop, which is really counterintuitive because my personality tendency is just a shun, but I know that what helps me to be graceful is if I just everything, every, like everything come back to zero. I just let myself be here, be nothing, do nothing, get nothing, become nothing, seek for nothing, relinquish nothing. I just let everything come and rest in that zero point, just being as I am, just resting in God. And I just give it like a couple of minutes and then I drop in a little question, three simple words, what's needed now? And I just feel that as if dropping a penny into a still pond. And it's always amazing when I let that guide what I then do. There's just a natural ease or sometimes things come to me. All of a sudden I see how to cut through that kind of seemingly overwhelming issue or if I'm writing a book or something, it's like all of a sudden I, it comes more easily. So that's the way I live into this in my everyday life in relation to you know, just ordinary stresses. And I find it helps me to keep living into being a graceful human being, you know, in and amidst the ordinariness of it all. Gosh, Miranda, I hope nobody's driving listening to this because you have got such a hypnotic voice. I'm sliding off my chair here. <laughs> you have got such a hypnotic voice. I'm just catching myself. I'm getting heavier and heavier. <laughs> Good. And heavier. Yeah, 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 some eco relaxation. Oh, it's working. It's working. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so what we do as we start wrapping up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you, my dearest? Grace. Of course. 
Of course, mm-hmm. Grace. And the way that we end the show with our last question is what are three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to give to our listeners today or three practical exercises for our audience? Well, I think the most practical thing is what I've already shared, which is to invite the listener just to take a moment right now and see like what's it like if you open, soften and allow your experience to be exactly as it is. Just relax the impulse to change, fix, or rearrange yourself for one moment. And the second thing is to remember that you are not a problem to be fixed. Often it can seem like that, can seem like this. Obviously, we're all working on things. We're all works in progress. But who you are fundamentally isn't broke. So you're not a problem to be fixed. And then the third thing would be drop the knife of judgment. And the important thing is just to learn to be really kind to yourself. You know, we all have learning curves and we need to greet them with human kindness. And uh, no matter who you are, that's important. Oh, I love that one too. I love the drop the knife of judgment that I can relate to that one. It's a good one. So Miranda, where is the best place for our listeners to find you? Um, My website, which is www.mirandamacpherson.com. And I really hope that the listeners will have a visit on my website because there's so many resources there. Um, Given that I have a a media background, there's tons of videos for people to enjoy. And there's also um, tons of guided meditations and downloadable talks and um, meditation courses, all sorts of things that they can find on my website. And even, um, you know, join, I have an online global uh, community that people can be, can be part of, which means they get access to my ongoing teachings and talks for very, very low cost. So Great. all sorts of good things. Yeah, That's awesome. Well, I um, want to say thank you so much, Miranda, for your time, your energy, your wealth of wisdom and for relaxing my ego. I'm sure good. everyone's going to reach out because I'm sure everyone's experienced what that would be like to sit through a meditation with you, my dearest. Beautiful tone of voice. So thank you once again. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's beautiful to speak to a fellow Australian woman. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. Or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought hit that subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at 
www.thepodcast.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Catherine Plano. Until next week, please take care of yourself. Much love and gratitude. Thank you.